Mitchell, Kenneth Johnston, and Ellen Hahn. And if I misspelled your name, all of these cards will go in the record. We also have 286 emails and opposition that will be made part of the record. So I'd ask each of you to um, introduce yourself, and if you'll speak, and I'm going to put you on, not that not, your information is not valuable, but just to be courteous to others, I'm going to put you on the three-minute timer, please. Go ahead. You, you go ahead, please. Just state your name and let, let us know. What... I'm Leanne Pearson, and uh, I'm just going to give you all my anecdotal evidence because I feel that everyone else is... Uh, covered it pretty well what I had written down um so I would say that Kratom is beneficial to people like myself uh I hope that I can bring that to light because I've had chronic pain most of my life and um as well as severe depression and anxiety I thought like the only thing that would help me was pharmaceuticals but on multiple I was on multiple pills for these things and I just didn't feel myself. I felt like a zombie, truthfully, but um, I finally decided to take control of my life. I didn't want to rely on pharmaceuticals for the rest of my existence. Uh, so that's when I discovered Kratom. It took a while, but after some months I was completely able to stop taking my antidepressants, my anxiety meds, as well as completely ki kicking opioids. Um, I feel like a functioning member of society for the first time in my life. I feel like a person, and I think that I wouldn't be here standing before you today if it weren't for Kratom. So I don't want to go like, uh, I don't think that it should be scheduled, and I certainly don't think that people should be made criminals for having a plant. And that's about it. Thank you for your testimony. I appreciate you coming today. Yes, sir. If you could state your name for us and your, give us your testimony. My name is uh, Paul Schecksneider. Um, I did two tours in Afghanistan. Um, I'm not going to get into that. But when I returned, um, I lost 10 years of my life and uh, really a lot more. And I'm still seeing the results of what I've lost. Uh, I have two small children here in this picture, but I actually have three. And when I returned uh, back from Afghanistan, I fell into alcoholism and drug addiction. Uh, my other son's 22 years of age. I have absolutely no contact with him. He wants nothing to do with me. Uh, we've never mended anything. So in that process, I've lost a son. My two small children I have here, um, they have their father. I have a second chance to be a role model to them. Um, Three years ago, I found Kratom, um, and during those 10 years, I was in and out of treatment facilities. Uh, my wife left me. She took the children. Um, it, was a, it was a big ordeal. Um, I found Kratom, um, and Kratom's turned everything around. I'm a supervisor for one of the largest contractors in Louisiana in the oil and gas sector. Uh, I'm responsible for a lot of people, um, a lot of lives. Um, they depend on me, they depend on me to be on my A game. Uh, and I am, I am that. And uh, I just I just really want to state here, you know, that, that Kratom has saved my life. And, and I'm a little tired. Um, I didn't go to bed till, till five in the morning. I uh, stayed up all night, um, tossing and turning. 
schedule one. You know that's a that's a that's a scary thing. Uh, there's over two hundred thousand consumers of kratom in Louisiana. And just just take pause of that two hundred thousand Louisianians to schedule one, schedule two, three, four, five, whatever it is that depend on this to get away from fentanyl, which is one of the biggest, deadliest um, toxins that we have in the United States and elsewhere. Um, so my point is, is that uh, are we really willing to take that chance to schedule somebody on a holistic medicine um, that most on this board, and I've been to almost every um, parish kratom ban in Louisiana, um, that that weren't properly educated on on this matter. That I agree before you make a huge decision to really educate yourself uh, and put it in your own hands before we criminalize 200,000 Louisianians. Thank you. Thank you. And why don't you go ahead and give your testimony, then, then y'all stay at the table. We may have some questions. Uh, my name is Adam Peak. I am the owner of Bella Sunrise Smoke Shop down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, we have been one location since 2009. I've worked there since 2011. Uh, I've come to own it about six months before COVID managed to hit, so that was wonderful timing. Beyond that, though, uh, the entire time frame I've been there, I about 11 years now, I've been taking Kratom recreationally mind you I like to use it strictly for alcohol because I am a very large lightweight three or four beers I'm gonna be hung over the next day if I have to work that day then it's gonna be Kratom that usually motivates me just for that first five or six hours then I'm then I'm fine uh, towards di well, sorry towards di distributing it um, there is a challenge that needs to be met uh, I think the KCPA is spot-on in the regulations they're putting forward I keep testing kits in the back the uh, droplet testing kits just for any new brands or products or if God forbid I get a bad review from a customer the brand is immediately scrutinized again I'm only one store so there's only much so much my efforts will do um, I have advocated to other stores around me on certain brands to segue into the topic of the monetary value of Kratom, it is not this million-dollar industry like filling my pockets. I'd like to think I'd probably have more property by now if that were the case in 11 years or the four I've owned it. Um, there are products, however, I refuse to put on my shelf that are not scheduled yet. I would also like to call attention to Tiana and Zaza, Tianeptine-based products. I could make an easy one to two grand extra a week if I wanted to put that on my shelf. Fact of the matter is, it's a synthetic um, antidepressant that has killed people in the thousands, is from what I've noticed. Uh, I need to do a little bit more research on those numbers, but it is something that I have noticed when customers come in asking for. It is nothing like you will find with Kratom products. If I'm out of stock on Kratom, people are happy to wait because I don't have many trusted sources. Little white vans like to drive by with their adulted products. Just like they said, no packaging that has uh, addresses, uh, age limits, nothing. You'll never find that in my store either. There are those of us that have a standard of ethic. I want to be a pillar in this community, and I care about the Louisiana citizens. Please don't criminalize my uh, any of my customers. Thank you for your testimony. Senator Mizell for some questions. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I don't know who could answer it, but you know, I'm listening to this. I, I have no idea how much it cost 
when you said it's helped you, you had a very compelling story, and I appreciate you being tired because we were in that. But I, I'm just wondering, how much do you have to take to get where you feel like you're good? Like, give give me the reality of someone who depends on Kratom to do what you're saying. I take it every day. I've taken it every day for three years. Every day, um, how often? One, one time? I said I take it three times a day. Three times a I day. I take it. I, I normally wake up uh, 4 to 4.30 in the morning. Uh, depends on if I'm on night shift or I'm on day shift. So that will vary. Uh, my days consist at work or normally, you know, 12 to 14 hours. But... Um, my dose is so I take four to five grams three times a day, and that is consistent. Uh, it never fluctuates down or it never fluctuates up. It's always a consistent dose three times a day. How did you know to take that much? How, I mean, how, you just guessed? Or, or do you tell your customers based on their size, okay, this is how much you need, and, and then how much does that cost for those four to five grams? Um, I would say three to four cents on the gram maybe three so to four cents on the gram yeah so that that's nothing you know compared to if i were to have to um so you, okay I, I, that's <laughs> not how, three to four cents i am capable of selling about the uh they have these 60 gram capsule bottles that i sell in my store um they go for about i think it's five to six dollars after tax that's the capsule version they they're a little bit more expensive than just the powdered bags but um, all of which are gone through my little rigorous testing phases. And, of course, I like to guinea pig anything before it touches my shelf. And this doesn't show up in a drug test at work? Uh, no, ma'am, because it's, okay. it's legal. Okay. Um, it, how, mu how much is too much? I, I mean, how do you know I when someone's... honestly haven't met that threshold yet. To be fair, though, like I said, I only take it roughly three times a month. If that, I don't really find anything chemically addictive about it. I don't get itchy and scratchy if I'm not around it. I'm, I'm, I work next to it on a daily basis, and there is no urge for me to jump at my cabinet. Um, right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> good business practice. <laughs> We're happy about that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Senator. Senator Klein-Peter. Yes. Um, store owner, sorry. I forgot your name. Not. Uh, I appreciate you doing your job as far as trying to sell a safe product, but not everybody does like you do. And uh, it just, I guess, is mind-boggling to me that somebody has to come up with a Kratom ban for everybody to come out of the woodwork to say, oh, we need it to be regulated. Well, I, that's not necessarily correct. Quite a good bit of my consumer, because being one location, I, I do have a lot of competition around me. And since word of mouth is typically what gets people around, I have a wider range of customers that specifically look me up because of my, t my process. Uh, there are store, if you go to any gas station or smoke shop and you see the products I listed, Tiana and Zaza, they either do not know or they are aware and they are happy to just plague plague the the, the citizens of Louisiana. Um, eleven years you said you've been selling it for yes, eleven sir, years and using it to bring it to light, but that's the frustration here is that it's been out there for so long and nobody has wanted to regulate it. I am very often held accountable for the um 
lack of concern of other stores regulations and cbd alone have shifted quite a lot in my time and being in bella and it seems like we as, as louisiana we just have a hard time with cbd uh, i know we also regulate it currently harder harsher than alcohol and tobacco substances that are the common denominator for recreational use that still kill upwards of what is it, 200,000 a year, I think, or is the cigarette number last checked? 400,000. So most people use this for a stimulant, correct? Um, variety of purposes. I would use it for, because much like any other substance, people metabolize things differently. Right. Um, some people with Adderall, they'll get more neurotic. Some will get more mellowed out. With Kratom, I have noticed that even among the veins, and this is just my anecdotal information, but... For me, green veins are a good source of motivation and being active in the day. Red veins can help me sleep easier. I've tried just about every white vein on my wall and it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Um, but I have customers, they take a red vein and they're the exact opposite. They'll be more energetic. Um, it's just a very odd place to, I, I don't, that's why I don't offer recommendations to customers. I tell them to do your own information. I don't sell you on, this is the best one. You have to try it. Uh, I always recommend small doses at first, just to make sure it's at least worth it before you purchase in bulk. Okay. Um, <clears throat> to the veteran, thank you for your service. No uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, Marine Corps that's veteran awesome. as well. So, um, a lot of us have turned to, um, alcohol after we got back from overseas and drugs i lost two roommates to um overdoses on opioids so um even though they're not counted in the 22 that commit suicide that is a, a huge contributing factor so uh, please stay on the on the right track if you need any help from me please reach out and i'll, I'll add something to this too I, I didn't say it in my thing i i lost my younger brother to fentanyl the day he graduated uh salvation army treatment facility in new orleans the day he graduated, he left, went, got high, and died. My father-in-law never got a chance to meet because he died from fentanyl. My best friend from 22 years since we were in second grade died from prescription medication overdose. Um, we have to look at this in a new light. We have to find and do the research and the studies and find new treatment uh options that do work i mean 16 million americans use kratom if that's not a number uh to say that this stuff does work then i don't know what is you know and i'm not a lobbyist i'm not a i'm not paid i'm not nothing i'm just up here uh who found kratom and it saved my life it saved my family's life so that's all i got thank you here because I started this and as governor I believed in hemp and cannabis back then I believe in it even more now and I want to be here I'm still alive I'm still kicking and I want to be here when this passes into law because this is accumulation of a vision that I had over 20 years ago and now it's coming to hopefully fruition whatever the word is it's going to happen hopefully but i want to tell you two stories why i'm so passionate about cannabis and hemp and i please want you to listen to them first story is this cannabis saved my life let me sink that in not me personally 
but the 38th First Lady of Minnesota. And if I get choked up a little, bear with me. It was about 10 years ago, First Lady Terry Ventura started suffering from late stage um, seizures, late in life seizures. She was seizing two to three times a week. And these were the type of seizures where you can't do anything but comfort the person, make sure they're breathing, make sure they're not swallowing their tongue, everything like that. Our life was over. We went to the doctors. They put her on four different seizure medicines. First one did not work. First two did not work. Third one did not work. Fourth one did not work. All had bad side effects. In desperation, we broke the law. We drove to Colorado. I have friends there that I met in my home in Mexico. And when we got there, my wife seized in the hotel the night before we got there. When we arrived there, uh, our friends went in. They had the ability. They bought the cannabis, three drops under the tongue, right? My wife took the first three drops under the tongue and has not had a seizure since. None. Marijuana cannabis stopped the seizures. Not our medicine. Now what did we face? I had to break the law. My friends had to send it to me in Minnesota. Well, I kind of took the attitude of Dirty Harry Callahan when I said, well, then the law's wrong because I'm putting my wife ahead of Minnesota law. And I'll admit that today. I did. So we got our, what we needed. Minnesota finally legalized, quote, medical. My wife qualified immediately, got it. But you know what the story is then? Because we're so restrictive, and that's what you're here to change today, hopefully, because it's so restrictive, it cost me $600 a month to keep my wife seizure-free. Insurance won't pay for it. Nobody will pay for what works. They'll pay for what don't work, but they won't pay for what worked. And today, my wife, it's now, because you've expanded, it's down to 300 a month now. If it was Colorado, it would be $50 a month. Why? Because in spirit of true capitalism, when you get more out there, it drives prices down. That's what capitalism's supposed to do, drive prices down. The way you're set up today, you got a monopoly in Minnesota. I don't know who's providing whatever, but if you open up the doors, capitalism will take hold. Prices will go down. I don't want no other family to have to go through what my family went through. I don't want anyone to have to do that, what I went through. My son Tyrell, what was the other thing? Oh, I know. Then here's the other thing, and this is a little off the subject, but it's still going to tie in. You're going to have to come up with an age, right? How old are the people going to be when you approve this? Well, we're going to go back in my life then, 50 years ago. At 18, I went into the United States Navy, 18. I spent one year being trained and became a Navy SEAL. 
I then deployed to Southeast Asia and Vietnam for a nine-month deployment. While I was in BUDS training, underwater demolition SEAL training, I turned 19. While I was deployed on my first deployment to Vietnam, I turned 20. I returned home. Within one week, I went into my executive officer and I demanded to go back to Vietnam. He looked at me and said, but you just got home, you can't do that. He said, Navy requirements, you got to be six months out of the combat zone before you can go back in. Then he asked the question, what is the problem? And I said, here's the problem, sir. I said, over there, I'm a man. Here, I'm a child. I had done all of that, nine months came back, and I could not drink a beer on Orange Avenue because I was under 21. I couldn't even vote for who sent me to Vietnam because voting was 21 then. I wasn't old enough. What did I learn from that? Gee, I guess we send children to war, don't we? Isn't that a form of child abuse? I would classify it that. Today, I suffer a little post-traumatic stress, and it's from that. It's from knowing my country sent a child to war, and it still exists today. So pick your age. Are you an adult at 18? It seems to me you should be. If you are able to go kill for your country or be killed for your country, and you're old enough to do that, you ought to be old enough to smoke a joint. You're an adult, and all I'm lecturing you on is this. Government, get consistent. Come up with the age, whatever it is, and then stand by it. Don't have it be 18 here, 21 here, and I've even heard talk of 25 for cannabis. Give me a break. I can tell you this unconditionally. I've behaved far worse on alcohol than I ever have on cannabis. Thank you, uh, Governor. The only bad thing I did on cannabis, I went and saw Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And no, no clapping mem members and us. Uh